Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. Attorney has to project everything in the best possible light. You have to look at your resume and you have to shade things in a way that helps you and not hurts you. Remember, anything that you put on your resume that's not related to being an attorney is going to hurt you. Okay, so this person is putting all of their bar admissions at the top. So let's go back to that. When you're putting your bar admissions, bar admissions at the very top, you are making that look like this is the most important thing about it. Not something that you should be doing. Bar admissions are assumed that you are, that you are admitted. So it's not something you should ever lead with. It's just something that people, that good attorneys have. You do not need to tell people about all your bar admissions. You just put, you put it at the end if you want, but it's generally for an attorney, it's assumed. And here's the kind of the thing when, a lot, when someone's looking at a resume. Like one of the big things when someone's looking at a resume is they're asking themselves, how good of an attorney is this? You can tell how good an attorney is most of the time by their experience and their commitment and the, the, an upward mobility. And so if a resume has upward mobility and it looks at the person that can you improving and getting better and better and getting advanced to better and better positions, that person's a good attorney. It doesn't matter if you start out. I've seen people start out at, as solo practitioners. I saw, we just hired a girl actually to be, to recruit for our firm. She started out as a solo practitioner, did it for eight or nine years, and then went to a medium, somehow got a job in a medium-sized law firm. I, I don't really understand how that happened. But then from there, I went to an AmLaw 100 law firm and then spent another 10 or 11. So people move up and good attorneys move up. Anytime someone sees a really good attorney, they get hired. A lot of times, some of the best law firms out there will hire people, including solo practitioners or people from in-house when they experience their legal work firsthand. They're like, wow, this person is an awesome attorney. So if you look like a really good attorney and you can answer that question, then that will help you and you'll get jobs. But if you look like the problem with like this resume is that this is a really good firm then this isn't as good of a firm. So that shows a little bit of downward mobility. Then it shows the person going to an in-house job, which, okay, it's, this is actually an interesting person to work for. So you would think that the, but then it just shows all this stuff, which isn't necessarily that helpful. So the best resumes always show a pattern of upward mobility. Now, this is actually upward mobility because this person, you can see here, started at a, a, as a contract attorney, essentially, and then wound up in a working for a small law firm doing one thing. So that's good. The resumes that show upper mobility are the most powerful. And those are the people that get hired. And if you ever want to get into a much better firm, you need to understand how to do that. Let's see. So license in California, India, Nevada, all you would say is admissions, admissions, Indiana, Illinois, California. That's it. And then you don't need to say attorney at law, members of all these bars. No one needs to list on your resume. Um, you never need to list federal bar admissions, because they can just be done on a motion. So no reason to ever put federal bar admissions on your website. Okay, so this person, no reason to put the address of your solo practice on your website. Supervisor self, no. Okay, no reason to put your supervisors on there or the address or the phone number. None of this is necessary for your resume. There's just, it's not necessary. You just remove it. Okay. So Bradley Daniel Burge, PC. Okay. 
Okay, so this is basically litigation associate. That's all you need to say. So if you are a litigation associate, people automatically know what that is. You just you don't have to say all this other stuff. So you talk about construction, mechanics claims, foreclosure. All you need to say is litigation associate. Really, because litigation associate means a ton of things. And you can allow people to read into it and assume that you do depositions on all this stuff. But this was 15 years ago, so no one needs to know about all that. And then, so this was 2006. Then this was another one, associate. You can do the same thing. You need to put the ad, but you don't need to put all these addresses in there. You just, you will put the city and, and then you don't need a supervisor or the address or any of that. It's just, you have to be careful too. You don't want to take up extra space. And then you don't hear the problem is this is a person saying their collection law, and, but they're also doing litigation. And then again, you see some of this stuff like these mistakes, like spacing, then the firms would be, I don't know what happened, but inconsistent punctuation. So all that needs to be fixed. And again, I would recommend just saying, all you need to say is litigation associate, remove this address and these silly supervisors stuff. No one cares about that. Just say litigation associate. Okay. Then self. So this person did self. Okay. So this is one example where where the person, this particular person, you can see here, this person was a private practitioner from March of 2001 to August 2002, but they were working for Abrams and Abrams between 2001 and 2006. Let's see. I don't think that this is necessary. Saying you handled 20 support cases out of this person's home. Okay. So a lot of this stuff that this person is doing is they're just listing kind of all these short-term jobs. And I don't like that. I don't think that any of this is necessary to list all these jobs because all you're doing is you're basically showing when did this person graduate from law school at 95? Okay, so all this person is doing is just showing basically that they have a bunch of jobs and they, they know them they're committed to. And then there's just no reason to go into this much detail on this resume. That There's a presumption that people believe that they should list all their jobs on their resume. But the more jobs you start listing, you have to remember that the questions people are asking is, will they do the job long-term? So if you're an employer and you're hiring someone, especially if they're older, you're going to ask yourself, is this person going to stick around? Is it worth them? Is it worth us hiring? So the problem with listing a bunch of jobs is it just, it makes it look like you never commit or you're not need to commit or are rudderless, all sorts of things. So you really, if you are, and I'll just, I'm just trying to think of examples to use. If you're trying to date someone and someone tells you they were married 10 times, that's going to scare the hell out of you. And you're going to think, no, I'm going to be number 11. You might not think that, but if you were rational, you would think that. Or the person has had, before you has had of 20 relationships of a month or more, or a month or less, come on, or three months or less. So it's the same sort of thing when you're putting a bunch of jobs in your resume, you just, people are just going to assume that you're just part of this train of people and people hired, and it just doesn't work. So you have to you got to really be very careful about how you list this. What you do when this happens is you just summarize everything. You just basically say solo practice. And again, there's nothing wrong with being a solo practitioner. And then you just say, 
you don't have to say the states you do it in. You can just say, because you're admitted, you just say solo practice, civil litigation and uh, criminal, criminal defense. That's it. That's all you need. I would look at this resume and I would think, great. And then all these other jobs, you just summarize them. So between, you say between 19, when is this, 1996 and the present, previous experience, you just say previous experience. So then you just say between, between whatever, between dates. I worked as several, worked at, uh, worked at different law firms, firms in whatever the cities in Illinois and states as a litigation associate. Something along those lines. And that's it. That's all you need to say. You could say, you can certainly put the names of them, but why would you draw attention to all these different jobs and scare away people? So that's the logic of that. Now, the education, I like the way the person did this, but you don't need to list the zip code. No one cares about the zip code. You don't need to list that. You can certainly list the location, even though everyone knows where it is, but they might not know Southwest and they might think it's from the Southwest. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. Okay. So that's that. Again, you just, you don't even need to say, you just say political science, something like that. You don't need to say you're minors or anything. No one cares about that. Then job related skills and abilities. No, no one cares that. Gender issues. No one cares about, actually they do quite a bit actually, but you don't need to put that either or this volunteer stuff. So this, no one cares about this stuff. What you need to do and what this resume needs to do and it's not doing what this resume needs to do is it basically someone needs to look at it and basically conclude that they basically need to conclude litigation attorney experienced. That's it. That's all you want people to think. You don't want them to think anything else. You just want them to think that this, you want people to think that this is an experienced litigation attorney. And that's all anyone needs to know. And all this stuff's detracting from it. All these addresses are detracting from it. All these jobs need to detract from it. All this other stuff detracts from it. You just, you don't want to list all this. And then education's fine, but you don't need to list all these zip codes and stuff. Job-related honors, no, no one cares about any of this. Pledge class captain, that's going to be definitely social sorority. Okay, people don't like all this stuff. They don't like to hear people like sororities and fraternities. I was president of my fraternity, but there's no way in hell it was actually the same fraternity that Animal House was based on at a different school, Dartmouth. But the, no, you don't list, you shouldn't list fraternities. You shouldn't list all these honors and awards. It's just, it doesn't help you saying you were the, the co-chair of the gender issues. And now this is all good. If you're very enthusiastic about general issues, that's okay. You can list that another way, but you don't. And then your biography, who's who in American law schools, 
2,000 notable women. These things are okay. They're honors that you can have. But people are, if you say who's who in American law schools, one question that people are going to ask is, how come you weren't you know, order the koi from Southwestern? It's just, it, these are not like important things to most people. They may be important to you. Obviously, being the pledge class chaplain was probably a big honor. And but none of this stuff really should be on your resume, unless it's exceptional. There's no reason. It's just detracting from the message. And, and it's detracting from the fact that you're a, probably a very good litigation attorney. All this stuff needs to come off. And just remember, this is for everyone. So just remember that everything on your resume should lead people to one conclusion, the type of attorney you are. That's it. That's all you, know, you need to just basically say that. And that's it. So you don't need to tell people unless it helps your case, but you don't need to tell people all this other stuff. You just, it's hurting you. Stroke victim and teaching dance to underprivileged children. That's very nice, but none of this stuff is advancing the case that you're a litigator. So it just, none of it helps you. Talking about your speech communication as a minor, that doesn't help you. Talking about the fact you're a legal assistant doesn't help you. Talking about the fact that you were this American law school job, or the best student in who's who in American law schools, but then the job you got as a staff attorney months after you, and six months or nine months after you graduated from law school. So you just, you don't need to list all this stuff. And you just have to realize that you don't want to list, like you're an attorney. So what an attorney does, attorney has to project everything in the best possible light. And they don't want people to ask questions that undermine them. So seeing you're a staff attorney, not an associate undermines you. Saying you didn't get a job until March of 1996, nine months after you graduated, undermines you. Saying that your first job, you only lasted for three months, and then you became a solo practitioner doesn't help you. Saying your next job was only for nine, a year, and then this job was for three months, and then this job was for... None of this stuff helps you. So just, you have to look at your resume, and you have to shade things in a way that helps you and not hurts you. So just look at it from the point of view of the employer. The employer is not going to reach the conclusion that you're a great attorney. They're going to reach the conclusion that you're not committed, that you're doing all these other things. So this is a big problem with most resumes. If you say less, less is actually a lot more with this kind of stuff. Okay, so let's talk about this person. So I hope that this person can actually, all these resumes, if they're fixed, they can make the person look like a much better resume, much better attorney. And all this editorializing on resumes, no one needs that either. You know, who cares? The fact that you worked in for two months and for Ron Howell and all the stuff you did, no one cares. It just doesn't matter. Your redacted name. So let's go to the beginning here. This person got a Juris Doctor. Okay. And you don't need to put this August 2017. It doesn't matter. You just put the date to this degree. Okay, show screen and skiing travel. That looks fun. Okay, volunteering, that's fine. I think that's one word. You know, no one cares about certificates. And I'm sorry to look at this first. I'm just, I want to understand a little bit more about what this person is doing first. Again, certificate, the scholarship's fine. You don't have to say merit leadership. No one cares about that. The problem when you, by the way, when people start putting merit and leadership and stuff, people are going to be like, where's the leadership on the resume? Why is this person? So you don't need to go into a lot of detail about that. Okay, so this person was a legal assistant in a private law firm that they're not telling you the name of. No one cares about any of this. Just remove it. It's not graduating 2020. No one cares. Unless you were an associate of a major U.S. law firm or something, it's probably not necessary. Okay, so this person, I would eliminate that. They're obviously doing litigation, which is great. Okay, mid-sized law firm, legal intern, no. Same thing. Who cares about that? By the way, for everyone that's a law student or your job, 
as a law student is really to get the best grades you can, and if possible, get a summer associate job and get experience. But no one is that concerned about this is, by the way, folded and the rest of it's not. So these little things, maybe this is a mistake, but yeah. So let's see here. So summer associate for a company. Okay. So it's a little difficult to read this resume and understand what's going on just because, okay. So I don't know if this person was a summer associate and then they became a January 21, when they graduated. May. Okay. That's okay. So then this person became legal. It was a summer associate. And I'm assuming there's no firm given here. So I'm assuming that this was for National Tech Corp for a year and one month and then Global Tech Corp. Okay. From February 22 to May of 2023. Okay. Okay. So this person is an in-house attorney that essentially does contracts, vendor agreements, and now does contracts, license agreements. Okay. This is fine. So this person actually looks like a pretty decent in-house attorney and there's nothing really negative about it. This person was also a summer associate apparently for the same company and also it was a summer associate there unless there was a firm they were a summer associate at, which doesn't look like. So this is great. This stuff is all pretty consistent with one practice area. And that's actually good. This person looks like they are a, they do one thing, they're committed to it, and that's fine. Now, I'm a little concerned because this person's not working since May. There may be a reason for that, but all of this experience is pretty consistent. I don't know that I would want assisted with litigation to support, but everything here looks like this person is essentially a, someone that does contracts and contracts and agreement contract negotiation. So this person, you would say, is an in-house contract-related attorney. Not, well, in-house attorney specializing in different types of contracts. Okay. So this is great. The reason this is a good resume is because this is obviously, this resume is only going to be useful for the person probably getting another in-house job, but there's nothing wrong with that. And there are plenty of firms and things that do this kind of work. So there's nothing companies, but this is not a good law firm resume just because there's not really any experience. All this other experience, being a paralegal manager, working for a law firm as a legal assistant is all litigation related. So there's nothing wrong. Actually, I would put this here. This is, I'm sorry, this is the same company. So this is actually very nice. The person was a summer associate. And I don't know that anything that's unrelated to contracts, I really wouldn't put on here because it's not going to help you. Everything related to contracts and and legal training on contracts, all these vendor agreements, vendor business issues, that's fine. So this is actually a very good resume for someone that wants to be an attorney specializing in different kinds of contracts. And frankly, there are a lot of jobs doing this. So not just in Colorado, but all over the country. So this is a very good resume for that. The person looks committed. Now, I don't know why they don't have a job. I would probably, or what happened to their position, I would probably, if the company went out of business or whatever happened or would cut back its legal department because of a recession, whatever the reason, I would try to maybe put that on the resume somewhere. But other than that, this is great. It's perfectly fine for an attorney that wants to do this. It looks consistent. All the stuff that's not related to that should probably be eliminated. A lot of times people love putting all this volunteer experience on there. And, and I think it's very good that people do it. I think volunteering is helpful. But at the same time, there's a couple sayings, and this is actually in a bunch of religions, and I'm not trying to get religious on anybody. If you do good, meaning helping orphans and whatever, helping others, if you talk about it, that is your reward. If you don't talk about it, 
you will be rewarded in other ways, meaning which a lot of religions say, personal, you personally. But the idea is if you do really good and you're helping people, you don't go out and advertise it because that actually doesn't, a lot of people it would in different religions, meaning different forms of Christianity, Judaism, but don't like that. I heard this person saying they're teaching dance to underprivileged children. Like if you're doing good, you a lot of times you don't want to draw attention to it. And and so you just need to be very careful of that. And because sometimes it's okay, but at the same time, it's not something that you need to talk about. The other thing that's interesting, people will talk about it. They know it and tell other people you're doing it and be impressed. You're not drawing attention to yourself, but you pretty much need to try to be careful about that. The other thing is about this person as a volunteer-related stuff is when people look too committed to volunteering and other stuff than to volunteering and so forth, it looks like they may not be committed to practicing law. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, it's, that's one of the conclusions that people reach. And again, I think there's, it's very good to help other people and do all this volunteering-related stuff, but at the same time, you need to be careful about it because it can detract from the overall message. This particular message is that this is a contract attorney that works, attorney that works on contracts. That's awesome. There's nothing, if you put on all these other experiences that are unrelated to what you do, that detracts from the overall message. So why was this person doing litigation, working for judges, working in law firms, and now working on contracts? It's not necessary to talk about that. So this can become a very good resume without a lot of work. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. All right, let's talk about this person. Okay, this is not an attorney, so I'm not going to really talk too much about this. This person is essentially a patent attorney that graduated from Marquette in 2023. They have a degree in electrical engineering. And then it looks like they also got a degree in Bangladesh. The certificates typically would go at the end. Publications would go at the end. Relevant class projects, probably okay. This student manager doesn't go there. This is just, these are just basic lessons. And then sometimes if anytime someone's very technical, it actually, it can be good to list your coursework, your presentations and that sort of thing. But this is not a legal resume, so I can't really talk about it too much other than I think it's a good resume. I like what this person's done. I think that when you're a patent attorney or you're, and again, patent attorneys, this is just for everyone's knowledge. Patent attorneys don't have to be attorneys. Our patent prosecutors don't need to be attorneys. They can, as long as they are part of the USPTO, they can work in law firms or as patent agents. So a lot of law firms do hire them. This is a very good resume for someone to work on that. It's very focused. The only thing I would recommend is probably this other relevant experience removing that. This is a very good technical resume. I actually have no problem with it. I guess being part of the Bangladesh Student Association of Marquette, I don't know how big that association would be. I'd imagine there's not a lot of members, so I don't know that I would put that on there, but for the most of that stuff, I would remove. 
But it's a good resume, whoever, you know, this person is. It's actually good. But a lot of the stuff, most of the stuff you would put at the end. So you would put your education and then you would put your work experience, but that's not really work experience. And then if you don't have any work experience, that's okay. But I would list all that stuff somewhere else. Basically, technical resumes, you typically have an attachment to them that talks about your publications and other stuff, especially when they're that extreme, when I mean, that much stuff. And that they can work in a high volume workload in a calm and constructive manner, a calm and constructive manner. All this stuff is unnecessary, needs to come out. You let people reach conclusions about you based on this stuff. You also remove this experience. This, by the way, when you see this on resumes, when employers see this on resumes, this is a good resume many times. People will put this on that are in-house attorneys, but for the most part, you don't need to list all this sort of stuff. You need to, it's not necessary to put on any of this because you allow people to reach these conclusions based on what they see in your resume. And again, most attorneys are accustomed to handling sensitive and confidential matters. Most attorneys are detail-oriented, but again, this person's funny. They're seeing detail-oriented, but detail-oriented would have the but yeah, self-management. Okay, so founder and compliance manager. Let's see what this person is doing. Provide legal advice and preside over the board of directors of, okay, directors and management committees, formulate and implement policies, objectives, and activities. Okay. Okay, so this person's been a compliance, founder and compliance manager. Okay, but it's very difficult to understand what this person's doing. And I can't tell what this person is doing and what this company is. Anytime you talk about your experience, your experience needs to really, anybody's experience on a resume should track, should be legal related. So the problem is legal advice about what? So what does that mean? Legal advice. What, what does legal advice mean? I don't know. There's nothing there. And then formulate policies, objectives, and activities, that's not necessarily legal related. And this is not legal related. So if you want to have a legal resume, it's really got to be, is it just civil rights laws? Because there's not a lot of civil rights laws. I just, I guess I don't know from this person's resume what's going on and what they do. And that's problematical. I should be able to understand what they do. If the person's a founder and they've been a founder for the past 15 years, why would somebody hire them? If they're a founder, how can they possibly be a compliance manager of that? It doesn't make any sense. None of this. And again, this type of resume, by the way, is very common. It's not that there's anything that this person's doing that's wrong that they would even know about. But the problem is that you can't tell what this person does. So this is what I said earlier is every resume needs to allow the reader to put you in a box and know what you are who, and know what you do. That's it. So if you're vague about what your practice area is, like this person, like you can't tell anything about their practice area from reading this. Very difficult to understand this. And so if I can't tell what the person is, how can an employer possibly hire them? There's only one practice area mentioned here. There's civil rights laws and then this kind of open-ended term of other laws, rules, regulations, and procedures. So I don't know what that means. You certainly don't want to put a job that you only did for four months on your resume. You know, why? It doesn't look good. This contract attorney stuff, unless we're going to actually, we're going to come back to the small business administrations because that's actually interesting because as contract attorney for a month definitely should not go on your resume. But what's nice here is this person actually worked for the U.S. Business Small Business Administration and then worked here. And don't put telework. No one wants to hear that. No, you take that off. Anytime you're, you never need to say remote, all this sort of stuff. 
and your resume. No one wants to read it. And where is this person? What is the location of this job? Sorry. What is the location? You can't tell any of that from this, but the person talks about that. So if it was me, look at this. So the January 23 to April 23, and then December 2022 to January 23. So actually, June of 2021 to May of 2022, and then January 2023, what I would do is I would just take these dates, I would remove this contract attorney, and then I would take these dates. You could do it like this, or you could just put, I don't, I'm not telling you a lie, you really only have a five or six month gap here. Do you say between June of 2021 and April 2023, you were working this for the US Small Business Association? I don't know, but I think you could do that. I think you could probably, and don't say telework, just take that off your resume. It doesn't look good. But you might even be able to say you were, I don't know, you could say between these dates, you could say like that, and then you take off that. And then then, again, you don't say promotion. That doesn't mean anything to anyone. And then you say US Department of Com, February, September, that's nine months. Okay, that's okay. So I would just say Bureau of the Census, you don't, this person's doing a lot of stuff here where you're talking about different jobs and things that are the same, essentially. So if you work for the US Department of Commerce, the Bureau of the Census, and then you work for the SBA, what you could do that would be very interesting. This, by the way, now that I'm seeing this just needs to come off. There's no, no way in hell you should have this on there because you've actually had permanent jobs. This just doesn't belong. Just get it out of there because it confused me. So here, you basically, all you need to do is talk about that from November 2019 to the present, you've worked, yeah, you've worked for the government. You work for the Small Business Administration, the Department of Commerce, and all the stuff, which is very good because people are going to believe that you're committed to doing one thing and you have employment stability. This is for loan applications, it looks like. Then this is for loan applications. Great. This is for Bureau of the Census. That's fine. You have to figure out how to put all this in one box. And I don't know how to do that, but you're certainly not going to be lying if you basically try to make all this stuff. You can just say U.S. Small Administration and U.S. Department of Commerce, Bureau of the Census. You could just put both of those down and then list the different jobs you've had that are legal related. I don't like the way this is done. I think you need to, this person needs to basically try to combine all this experience into one thing, working for the government, and that's going to be very helpful. And and then you can look like, a, but you need to think about how do I look like a, an expert in one practice here? And I don't know how that would work, but you could basically make yourself a loan specialist and then something else. I don't know. But by the way, November 2019 to February 2020, that's two or three months. That's not a very long time. So you need to be careful. Okay. So let's see when this person graduated from law school, Juris Doc, University of Utah. So there's no graduation date. Okay. And then there's all these districts. Okay. So one of the things that people do on their resumes that's very common is people that are older, and you don't need to put your member of the sorority. We talked about that. People that are older will not list the date they graduated. And by the way, Juris Doctorate, you can always, it's easier just to put JD and then MPA would be a BA. You, typically, and then you just put education. And again, you don't need to put all of these federal bar admissions. No one cares about that. Okay. So you probably want to put dates. I don't know when these jobs are, but remember anything that you put on your resume that's not related to being an attorney is going to hurt you. I'm not sure the reason you would do that. I think that there's a lot of consistency in terms of working for the 
Department of Census and the government. So I would really do my best to, in the census, I would do my best to try to, and here there's no dates, but I would really do what I could to, to highlight that and not highlight all this contract work. So you have consistency, whatever this practice area is, I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but whatever this job is working for the government, try to make it look like some sort of something consistent with practicing law. Because there's so many dates involved here, I don't think people are going to, you can just say between whatever, your first job was in November 2009, and basically the present, which is to April 2023, have various positions with the government, including the U.S. Department of the Census, the U.S. Department of Commerce, and make yourself a career government attorney. That's perfectly fine. And then no one needs an explanation for these short-term jobs or the working for as a substitute teacher and everything. You just basically, all you need is to say that you've worked for the government and then try to make it look like something. You have to decide, do you want to make it look like you're a loan attorney? Do you want to make it look like you're whatever? But you need to basically figure out how to make that look like one thing. And after you make it look like one thing, you're going to be in good shape. All right. So this is all the resumes. We're not done because I think a couple of people sent the resumes during this call. So I will go and pull those up and then I'll review those for the people that sent the resumes a little later, and then we will be done. But this particular, all these resumes, I think what's interesting is they all can be drastically improved, but every resume, people need to understand what you do. And the problem with like this, this, this last resume is there's just so many things going on here that it's just going to harm them. And the problem, by the way, with listing your, not listing your graduation date is, and a lot of people do this, but it's actually probably does more harm than good because it's saying, okay, I don't trust you. You're not going to hire me if you know my graduation date. And what's the point of doing that? It's not just be honest and upfront. And that goes a long way as opposed to trying to hide things. Not every law firm, obviously, if, you grad, if you've had all these jobs in the past, and you're an older attorney, no one's going to hold it against you, but you have to make it look like you do one thing. I mean, give me one second. I'm going to, and there's a lot of Q&A, which I appreciate. So I will also get to all the questions that people have. Let me just try to pull up all of these things here related to the resumes. So let me just see that. Unfortunately, they're not all combined into one document, which is upsetting, but that's okay. And by the way, everyone that's on this call, this is, I know there's a lot to handle, but and a lot of information, but I think it's pretty awesome that who's the people that are on here. And there's a lot, but listening to this, because it's very helpful. Just understanding all this stuff can really change the direction of your career. And it's pretty simple stuff. It's just most people never get this stuff. And because of that, it, it does, it hurts them. And so, I'm, and I'm hoping I get all these resumes. I feel a little bad or feel a little badly that they're not all in one document. I do notice that a lot of people that are on this call, and I'm just still pulling up all these resumes, have been contract attorneys. And again, hurts you or makes it a little bit harder for you to get positions if you have that. So you need to be very careful about that if there's a way to reward it and to make yourself look very focused. And I think one of the things I'm thinking here is that a lot of people that are on this call, that's one of the reasons you're here and that's what's holding you back is how you're listing all this information. You just need to learn some rules about how to do this stuff. And once you do, you'll be in great shape. But a lot of people aren't doing that effectively. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com. 